You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Joined by Mr. William Brad Alice. I am only Mike Luke. All right, we've got a lot to get to this show. But first, William, you're playing a little hurt right now. Yeah, a little under the weather. I've had this nasty cold since about Wednesday night, which includes being sick on not one, not two, not three, but four days off. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, did you know that was going to happen? And uh, as you talk, I'm going to put my ring light on so Jacob Franklin doesn't yell at me. No, I did not know. In fact, I had many uh, scheduled uh, house projects to work on and instead spent a lot of time napping and uh, being lazy. The good news was uh, meant I got to sit in Saturday and watch uh, Miller versus Hurley, Lloyd versus Hurley, and then those back-to-back amazing uh, college football uh, playoff game. So that was the only benefit because I did have a project. But now right. I've got to fix a shower, do some painting, and do that all this weekend. All right. Well, first of all, glad you're feeling better. Uh, that's, uh, I'm, not, that's... I'm still sick. Sucks. I'm going to start coughing any minute. And you're in... someone's going but it does sound like you're me. feeling a little bit better, no? A little bit, yeah. Right. But Well, that's, that's what we like. I'm a little more nasally than normal. Right. But it's, it's all it's all right, though. That's part of the charm. All right, let's talk a little bit of Arizona. We're going to talk Arizona basketball. We're going to talk Arizona football. First thing I want to talk about, though, is the Arizona game against ASU and what it means going forward. Um, first of all, I, it, it just goes to show you how we kind of take it for granted because we talked about this a little on the post game that Arizona, it, you know, it didn't feel like Tabellus and Ballo had their normal big-time performances and yet they still finish with 35 points and 20 rebounds there. So that's certainly something that going into every game is a nice little feather to have in Arizona's cap. I think the problem was, one, Ballo did most of his damage or a lot of his damage at the free throw line as opposed to, um, you know, from the field. And Tabellus, although he his numbers were very good, he missed four early shots he usually makes most of those out of. Right. Um, so I think that's why it feels a little different because you know, it took Tabellus a little more – uh, you know, shooting percentage was down, and and Bala wasn't dunking on people or making bizarre highlight reel layups in or push shots. Uh, he did have the he did have one key, yeah. So I, I think did. that I think that was the key. I think it was just they did it differently, and it, it you know again foul shots, um, you know putbacks. They're not as glamorous, and you kind of lose track of who scored what where. During that time, like, oh, I don't know, was that Bala? Was that Zoo? Was that Henderson? Oh, and then you look later, oh, that put back with Zoo's. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so realistically, they did what they needed to do. Um, they just did do it in normal fashion. I think it's kind of the same way. We, we all come away from that game going, eh, they only won by nine. But I think if uh, they, we had known ahead of time they were going to win by nine, we'd feel pretty good about it. Problem was they were up 18. Right. And couldn't yeah. hold that lead. So when you look at it in its totality, it's very different than focusing just on the raw numbers, which are very good, both in terms of the 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 margin of victory and the two of the four peaks is total numbers. All right. Well, actually, since you mentioned four peaks, let's get to the four <laughs> peaks and then we're going to uh, work backwards on that. Four peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Four right there. Four peaks. All right, you can check it out at the uh, Tempe location. Got a lot of good stuff going on. Great deals. They got watch parties up there. You name it, Four Peaks has got it. Or or you can come hang out with us at Tap and Bottle 
and get your own Four Peaks as well, which they have there as well. But again, very uh, fortunate to have Four Peaks as the official brew of PHNX. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. And OGs. All right. Now, you might say to yourself, man, I'm like William Brad Alice. I cannot sleep at night. OGs is here for you. You can go to any of your local dispensaries um, and get OGs. Uh, again, got to be 21 and up. Uh, check show notes and link in the description. But you've got sativas. You've got indicas. They, You name it, they've got it. All kinds of different flavors. Again, at any of your local dispensaries, check it out. OGs. Very good stuff right there. Okay. Um, you mentioned the peaks. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, a, a concern that I have. And every got to remember, I preface everything by saying this is a top five team in the country. So, you know, and I'm Mike Luke and take that for what it's worth. But the ball handling does worry me a little bit on this team, mainly because, and yeah, I think you made the point too in the post game, they don't really have anybody that could go downhill. And when ASU started pressing, started trapping against Arizona, there was a, a significant chunk of time where the cats looked very discombobulated. I'll put it to you like that. Yeah. I, part of me wonders if that guy might be Boswell. Um, mm -hmm. And I know it's hard to throw a kid who I don't think he played in the first half. If he did, it was about a minute, put him in cold against a pretty effective press. But my guess is that might be something you're working on in practice this week. Just, you know, if it's me and again, I'm not Tommy Lloyd, I'm not, Whoever the worst of the team managers is, that guy's still probably a better coach than me, although I am a 600 uh Let's do Brad, don't minimize coach. what you've done. You've coached in the past. Come if on. If it's me, I'm putting six or seven guys on the floor and having Boswell try to break that press. Because mm. if you can do that against seven, five is going to seem pretty easy. And again, I don't know how many teams in the Pac-12 can press you know, Give me a shoot some credit. They're pretty athletic. Yeah. Maybe USC can press better or as well. I, you know, Oregon has athletes, they always do, but that's not something Dana Altman does a ton of. Right. Um, thank you, Alfred. That means a lot. Dude, but seriously, man, don't me, minimize. Whenever Brad minimizes himself, Alfred comes in with the goat remark. To me, though, that's what I'm doing. I'm running Boswell with the five, with four of the starters against seven guys or against five guys, but have two of the managers at midcourt with the blocking shield. So you just can't <laughs> race by them. Right. Um, just to give it that look. You know, it's the same thing, you know. I know some of the high schools here in town to prep for seven on seven, play seven on nine, uh, just to clog everything up. Because then when you see it for real, it looks a little uh, looser. But that's what I would think I would do. Now, I might do that with everybody. I'd do Ramey, do Kirk, do Pella, even Adama Ball. But, you know, I think Boswell's the guy who's the most natural, pure point guard on the team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that might be the guy, you know, you insert as a press buster. And, and that's his job, just to get it to the half court, and then you hand it off to one of the, the, the veterans to run the offense. But that's what? probably what I would do. Um, but again, I'm sure Tommy, again, they'll probably work on it this week, and it'll probably never be an issue again, because that seems to be something Tommy does pretty well. Find right. the mistake, correct the mistake. Now, let me ask you this, though. Physically, yeah. is this team, and again, Anthony Humbert wanted me to ask this, when you go against an Arkansas, when you go against a Houston, now granted, you'll be playing them deep in the tournament, is this something, though, that you're going to be able to um, really work on? Because that was certainly a problem last year, and again, it did rear its head to a certain extent in this game. To me, with those teams, it's less depressed, and that's more the half court, where they're getting away with the pushing and the shoving and the 
the little extra hip action on the box outs uh, for those rebounds. Um, you know, just for lack of a better word, that Big East style ball, which right. now seems to have moved to the Southeast more right. so. Uh, because, you know, you see it with Arkansas. You see it with Alabama sometimes, Houston. A lot of those teams, they're going to trot out, you know, five guys who are all between 6'3 and 6'7 and work out with the football team in the weight room. Right. Um, that's what he, I mean, that's what Houston is. That's what Arkansas has, seems to have always been. So, yeah, that's a concern. I mean, Arizona is a pretty strong team. Uh, but again, you know, Zoo and Pella and, and those guys, they're just, you know, they're not big, thick individuals. You know, Ramey is to some extent, obviously Umar is, but, you know, Umar is not going to be a guy who's going to be trying to break the press or trying to right. put the ball on the floor. Um, you know, he's got to worry more about three, six, seven guys, you know, holding him down, trying to reach for rebounds. But yes, that's a concern. That being said, if you are Houston, if you are Alabama, if you're Arkansas, insert five or six other teams there. And to lesser extent, I think UCLA fits that model. You got to keep up with Arizona speed. You got to figure out how to negate their size advantage. I mean, at the end, college basketball, more than any, maybe more than any sport, is a game of matchups. Right. Um, you know, we see it a little bit more in college football, but, you know, everyone runs these different systems, these different styles. They have the completely different athletes. And it's Arizona's job to exert their will. And their will is you miss a shot. We're, we're halfway to half court already. Right. Uh, we dump it down. We got three, really four, but three seven footers. So you have to stop that. And for five to six minutes, ASU did. And for four, 34 minutes, they couldn't. One thing that's I, why Arizona won. One thing I really like about Arizona, though, and I think for the future is, and it's dawned on me when they played really good teams, that Umar Ballo and Julius Tabellis are fantastic college players. You love having them. I don't believe they're very good NBA prospects, but for Arizona perspective, which is what I care about, I expect, I think there's a legitimate chance that they could both be back because they both struggle with size. They both struggle with size and length around the hoop. I mean, you saw that with Warren Washington. You've seen that in other games, but as far as college players go, you get them both back. I mean, you're rocking and rolling there, William. I will say this. I don't think either one is a natural fit in the NBA. I also think there's a very good chance. Both guys hang around a while because that combination of strength and athleticism right. is pretty rare. Um, now, they're not – I don't think either guy's a first-round draft pick. I don't even know if either guy's a second-round draft pick. But you're telling me you can't find 7-1-260 who can run the floor a spot right. on your team as the 11th guy? Right. Um, that being said, you, you might be better off going to Europe and being a star. Right. Um, but yeah, I think there is a realistic chance, and I don't know what their money situation is. Um, you know, at some point, the chance to make – upwards of a million dollars in Europe, maybe too great to pass up. But or, maybe that's where the NIL, that's where the William Brad Alice money comes in. You know, yeah. So, you know, again, I didn't think Coloco would go because I thought he had a chance to work himself into the first round. And I know money wasn't a huge issue with his family. Uh, dad's an engineer, I believe. Uh, although, you know, they, I don't know what engineers make back, back uh, in Africa. Right. But the point is sometimes also the lure of just that pro lifestyle is just too great. Right. And after four, you know, what for, for I think both Balo and Zoo, it's it's gonna be five years in, in college. Maybe you want to go be a grown up and 
you know, go play in Spain where, you know, the, the beautiful women and the fast cars and, uh, you know, more so right. than in Arizona. But I don't know. But, yes, I think there's a very realistic chance that if they come back, wow, is Arizona yeah. interesting next year. It, more so it, than this year. I mean, I'm not writing off this year. I mean, they're right now they're the number two overall seed in, in, in Lenardi's pool. But you bring those guys back with – you know, the, the, the young guys they got coming in with another year of development for a few guys and Arizona is awfully scary. Yeah. One thing though, that I do uh, look at though, and I'm curious, um, Pell Larson here, the Swedish pinball, um, defensively, he's very, very good. There's, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And he's a pretty good finisher around the hoop. My question is this though, can Pella two things, can Pella dribble and can Pella shoot? Because those are two things that rear their heads quite often. I I wish you had emailed me this question beforehand because we don't we don't rehearse. Uh, unlike we don't, you know, and that's what makes us great. Um, we did for radio a few times. And you're like, oh, yeah, I need your top twenty five USC football players. I'm like, okay, yeah. I want to know when Pella came on last year. Yeah. Because my recollection is right about now, we weren't counting on Pella Larson for anything. Right. It was like, eh, okay. Yeah. He was injured though last year. Though. Yes. But there are some guys, and I will, I've long said Channing Fry is the great example of this, who, for whatever reason, and my theory always was I think Fry took 15 units in the fall and took nine and a half <laughs> units in the spring. Right. Right. Right after finals for his first two years. That's when Channing. Remember, Isaiah Fox is always the starter until mid December. And then mm -hmm. Fry took off. Right. Uh, is Pella that guy? Does Pella need 10 games, 15 games under his belt to start to round into shape? Or was last year, a, I can't believe last year where you were sixth man of the year in the Pac 12 was an illusion, but he's not the same guy right now, at least not consistently. Right. He's had some flashes, but overall, I'm more comfortable with Henderson on the floor right now. Right. Yeah, and um, I, I agree with that. Now, so, one yeah, thing so if Pella doesn't figure it out, then you have the question. Do you bring Pella off the bench and is, is Henderson your starter? And maybe that's it. Maybe Pella's just more comfortable coming off the bench, too. And there could be something to that. Now, something that uh, you shouldn't uh, come off the bench for is tap and bottle. We have the away game watch parties here. William Brad Alice and his precocious son, Tyler, who will be a U of A football player, will be back in the A in, what, 2029? Uh, something like that. I got to do the math. Math is hard. They've shown up. Many other local celebrities have shown up as well. But you should come, though, and you should join us. It's a lot of fun. You got four peaks, or four peaks there. Uh, we get to yell at the TV screen and have a good time being Cats fans. Check it out. Tap and bottle and our watch parties. And new sponsor, Illegal Pete's. Everybody out there knows somebody that has been to Illegal Pete's and is a regular at Illegal Pete's. There's a reason that everybody is there's regulars at Illegal Pete's. It's because it's got good food, it's got good drinks, it's got great deals. They got the Tempe location, they got the university location here as well. Uh, again, Illegal Pete's is a uh, it's always a good time. It's always a high energy time. I'll put it to you like that. Check it out, Illegal Pete's. Okay. Part yeah. of me wants to say why well, worry about the Tempe location, but then I forget this podcast is worldwide. I mean, Mike Mike <laughs> Luke cannot be contained to the borders of Pima County. We have a following. I kid you not. We have a following in Estonia. Now, I'm assuming that's because of Kirk Risa and uh, um, uh, uh, Henry Vesar, but either way, 
We have a following in Estonia. So, you know what? Take that as you will. Someday uh, when we have a slow news day in July, if there ever is one, I'll tell the story of how my, the old cattracks.net saved a guy's life in Israel. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I would like to hear that. It's a good story. All right. Now we got uh, now let's talk a little now. Let's move over to a little bit of uh, Arizona football here. Um, a lot of people have asked me, you know, what do you see coming for the Wildcats next? I think the heavy lifting is pretty much done. I think you'd like to add a few players, but this is going to be, I think it's, it's going to be a spot where you're going to have to try to manufacture a pass rush. Um, and you're going to expect the offense to be dominant. And, um, the one thing that I like about this offense is at the quarterback spot, you got three different guys that I think, I think I have confidence if Noah Fafita goes in, that he's going to be, this is an Adam Austin going into the game. And so there is a depth factor there that the team hasn't had in previous years. What would you say to that, William? Yeah. I mean, assuming Dorman is good and, and, and I hate, unlike what some people say, evaluating quarterbacks is probably the most difficult thing. One of the most difficult things in sports, right? Or else it's, there's very few shamans out there that can actually do it correctly. I mean, if, if anyone could do it, then no one would miss on first round draft picks because right. the best and brightest are in the NFL. Right. Um, that being said, if Dorman is even remotely good, and again, I love his tape. I think he looks very good. This is probably the deepest Arizona has been since Matt Scott, Nick Foles, and whoever the third string, you know, they rotated third stringers. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's two guys who at least dipped their toes in the NFL right there. And I think Bryson Bernie was probably the third. Wait stringer. a second. And there was a third one that was committed at one point that played in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it was Nate Sudfeld. Arizona QBU? Eh, might be going too far. Did you see how Nick played the last two weeks? I, I, I don't, I don't, I love Nick. He's an all time favorite. I don't want to see him play though anymore because it makes me feel bad. I just want him to collect his check. He's being a third stringer. Get that Chase Daniel money, my friend. And exactly. He has been. Right. Um, you know, guys is rich, got a beautiful wife, got a beautiful family. He's living the good mm -hmm. life. The only thing better might be a punter in the NFL. Right. Um, so that being said, yeah, they're, they're pretty deep. So yeah, I think if Delora goes down, you can certainly count on Fafita. I don't know if he's quite there yet, but he also has another year of development. And I think that's when we talk about everything with this team, this is where we learn what Jed Fish and his staff can do. I've already seen guys get better in year two. Right. Uh, you know, I think just, just look at uh, our good friend, Dorian Singer. Yes. Uh, he was good as a freshman. He was excellent and we'll see if Lincoln Riley can coach him up any better. Was that the best receiving core ever last year at Arizona? The only one that competes is There's only one, right? Is that McDaniel Williams Northcott Brennan. Northcott Brennan, you know, and even the year before uh they had Dickey and Rodney uh, Williams and Richard Dice. Yeah. Right. And then and remember Williams and Williams and McDaniel played in the NFL too. Right. Williams played in the NFL not very long. So yeah, that's the only one that competes. Um, you know, there were some others that had a lot of talent but never quite lived up to it. Also right. a different brand of football. You know, under Stoops and under uh Tommy obviously didn't pass as much. But yeah, so we're gonna see because I think a lot of your answers at any position you bring up to ask me a question about, it's all gonna come up to development. Right. You know, some of the pass rush, you know, how, how good can they how good can year two, you know, Deuce Davis be? Um, if you're asking me about corners, how good can the three freshman corners be now that they're sophomores um, in year two? Uh, you asked me about safety. It's the same thing. You know, can Isaiah Taylor get better? 
I want to ask you about a guy that you've grown up watching. Jordan Morgan is coming back. Um, obviously, he was Arizona's best offensive lineman. Quite frankly, he was one of the better tackles in the country this past year. Uh, tore his knee up. He's coming back. What do we expect from him this year? Because, again, he tore his knee up late in the season as well. You know, I think we have to remember that depending on how bad the injury is, guys recover now in five or six months. Yeah, it's true. Uh, this Adrian the- Peterson rushed for 2,000 yards, what, eight months after that yeah. injury? This isn't 12 to 15 months like it used to be. Uh, it just isn't anymore. Um, especially if you can get it right, Morgan doesn't have to worry. If he goes from a 5-1 to a 5-2, 40, it doesn't matter like it does at right. receiver. Now, he still has to be able to put weight on it, cut, and not even so much cut, but shift in the pass blocking. Um but I guess if you're going to have a position to have an ACL type injury, you know, offensive line is not the worst one. I will tell you this. I was skeptical of how good Morgan's draft ranking was really going to be. Right. But I was playing around. I'm kind of this kind of nerd. I was playing around with PFF's uh, draft simulator because I got to mm-hmm. figure out who, who, who my teams are taking. And he was number 58. Right. Right. And he was, a, he was, a, he was a, a second round projection. So, uh, my guess is he knew he wouldn't be right in time to work out for clubs and maybe not even for, you know, um, oh, you know, OTAs and all that. Whereas that, you know, here he can miss spring ball. And as long as you're ready to go about August, what is it? July 27th or August 1st, you're good for the season. So that's my guess. And, you know, he can probably play his way up. Um, but probably can't play his way too far down compared to where he is if he doesn't work out for teams this offseason and he slips from a second to a fourth or fifth rounder. All right. Now, a couple things here. First of all, let's talk about more furniture. MORfurniture.com. Redid the whole PHNX studios. Looks fantastic. They have stuff and it's comfortable for people built like William Brad Allison and myself or Brody Dryden, who is built differently than us. And it's uh, great deals. Again, check it out. You you name it, they got it. As far as upholstery, leather, everything, you name it, they've got it. MORfurniture.com. Check it out. And Octane Matrix Raceway, another one. Talk about cool. It's in Scottsdale. You've got a racetrack. You've got all kinds of drink specials. You've got uh, you've got air hockey. You've got pool tables. You name it, they have it. This is a great place to take the kids. Great place to go out on maybe a casual date. Great place. You name it, they've got it again. And it's in Scottsdale as well. So for our Scottsdale friends, for our Phoenician friends up there, check it out. Or if you're up in if you're in Tucson and you're up there, check it out. Scottsdale, or again, excuse me, the Octane Raceway. Lots of good stuff. Lots of very good time. Sounds like something to take the kids to there, William. Uh, might have to. Yeah, might have to. I, right. I got a bunch of nieces and nephews up in the Valley as well. All right. I want Raymond Polito now at that other offensive tackle position. Arizona loses Peyton Fears, which to me is kind of meh. You know, he he started a lot, but he was just kind of okay. Polito, obviously the Alabama decommit. Um, I was trying to think in Arizona history who the best freshman offensive linemen were to play. And obviously, Savinay is on that list. Um, did Big Yusuf start as a freshman? I think he was a redshirt freshman. I think Evan Britton did start as a freshman. He might be. Well, that was going to be my next one. Yeah, so I think Evan Britton's probably. Um, there was also a guy. Who was it? One of the. Un- 
It might have been like a Daniel Borg surprise right. people. And no one thought he'd be ready playing at Ironwood Ridge. And I think he played pretty early as well. Maybe an air, you know, there's some been some local guys who played earlier than people expected. Right. So uh, Raymond Polito is going to be given every opportunity to win that spot. Now, again, when you're a massive dude like he is, because keep in mind, he's about 6'7", 335, 340. He is a huge dude. And uh, Jed Fish talked about how he needed to lose a little bit of weight. Um, I think ideally Arizona would put him in there, give him some help from time to time, obviously. But you would have a young core then, a Polito, Savinea, um, Wendell Moe, and those would kind of be your anchors going forward. Pardon the pun. Typically it is very hard to play either line, especially offensive line as a freshman, both between right. getting his, so many of these guys who are college prospects don't have great technique because they don't need it. Cause when you are six, four, six, five, six, six, three, 300 to three thirty. Unless you're playing in, you know, some of those elite Southern California or Texas or Florida leagues, you all basically have to get one hand on a guy in the kid's <laughs> Right, dog. right, right. Um, so and and usually these kids also work strength training more than conditioning. So a lot of these come in and they got to transform their body, they gotta learn technique. Um, so it's really hard to project a, a freshman as a starter. That being said. Savayas played the whole year. Hmm. Savanay, excuse me. Right. And Mo and played well. And Mo played middle of the year. Right. Um, so I don't know when Polito gets here. I think that is also part of the key. But if he gets here early enough, we'll probably have to transform his body. We'll have to learn a lot of technique, but it looks like Brennan Carroll's pretty good at teaching that kind of stuff. For sure. And then you know that's um, what he did. You know, yeah. and, and it's as much as any more with the amount of nutrition these guys have, with the amount of supplements they're allowed to take that the school can provide. And I don't mean anything, you know, <laughs> I just literally mean creatine right. and good protein powder and, and essential amino acids. You know, the things that Brad Alice has relied on his entire life. But you take those, you cut out processed foods, and a guy like Polito can probably go from 330 of mediocre weight to 320 jacked in two months right um because you know, some of these kids have never had you know a lot of these linemen you know have lived off you know the Samoan linemen live off of spam and eggs and right uh rice and you know, a lot of these you know so they've never needed to they just wanted to get big so yeah you know you throw in a lot of extra lean protein you get rid of uh the talkies and the chips and suddenly these guys look like greek gods out there and that, right. that can happen pretty quickly and more so ever as strength and conditioning has gotten so advanced and Arizona appears under Tyler Owens and the rest of his could have a very good strength uh, department. All right, Brad, before we sign off, where can they find Brad Alice? The public wants more, not less of William Brad. Alice. Well, as soon as I can like breathe for more than 20 you sound minutes, fine. You sound, oh, I, I am breathing. Terrible. I'm a you mouth breather fine. right now. And I don't just mean my love of pro wrestling. Uh, I went, yeah, I, I like to get the uh, podcast up and running again. But for now, you can find me as on WSR Brad on Twitter, uh, where I have plenty of Wildcat takes and the occasional Kansas City Chiefs take. Uh, or on Facebook, just look me at Brad Alice, but you're going to get less sports, more goofy Tyler and Riley stories. And, and bad dad stories. Bad dad stories, yeah. So mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, confessions of a horrible father is what I call it. But yeah, find me on Twitter, reach out, uh, love talking to people. Um, got some kind words again, not only from Alfred, but from a few other people in a conversation about local radio the other day that really made me feel good considering they came from some, uh, pretty uh, astute people. So yeah, come say hi. Uh, yeah. I love chatting. I'm not a debate guy, but I'll debate you, but mostly I just like, yeah, talking and Brad's not opinion. a debate guy, but Mike Luke has proven in the first and first uh, that you can turn Brad Allison into a debate guy. The infamous Vegas trip. We'll talk about that and by the dog days of July as well. For, for sure. All right. He's Brad Allison. I'm Mike Luke. As always, appreciate all of you. Great interaction here. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.